100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and we appreciate the sponsorship of FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. Also at myfmbank.com. And we do have another victim, I mean guest today. <laughs> His name is Scott Sprouse, and he is the alderman for the Ward 2. I am. I'm one of two aldermen representing Ward 2, City of Hendersonville, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you today. No problem. Well, why don't we just kind of start to get to know you and where you're from and where you came from and how you ended up here. Well, I am from here, and I've stayed here. No one's asked me and to you're leave. you're not going anywhere? Haven't, don't have reason. <laughs> I married a girl I met at Hendersonville High School. We raised two boys who went to Hendersonville High School, and and uh, we're, we're already scheming to see what we can do to get them back here. And uh, I, it's one of those, the way I look at it is, I'm a seventh generation Middle Tennessean. Wow. Doesn't give me anything, any special privileges. Doesn't make me any better than anybody else. It just <laughs> you don't put, get any discounts anywhere? Well, it or? just puts the burden on me to know that so many other members of my family have never been asked to leave, and I need to keep the street going. <laughs> so you said your, your sons are not here. Well, I have so two sons in college. Are they all uh, they're out and about. We are we are smack dab in the middle of the first year of the only year that we're going to have both our sons in college. My we, condolences to you. It it's, is uh, not it easy, is, is it? It is it is not easy. We have a son. My older son Carter is a senior at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he's studying digital media, communications, Very and marketing. Good idea. Anybody wants to reach out to me, I know that he would <laughs> like to uh, come work for you in, uh, in May of this year when he graduates. And then our younger son, Henry, just graduated from Hendersonville last year, and he has, uh, in his freshman year at American University in uh, Washington, D.C., where he oh, is he really went out there. He is studying international relations and Russian. Wow. So could this be a little bit like the old man into politics one day? or He's saying his dream job is to work for the State Department, somehow go into diplomacy, foreign service. Wow. So yeah. where do you think he got this sort of uh, interest in being uh, outside the U.S. and kind of seeing what's going on all over the world? I think it's just a continuation of service. Um it's just my family's just always we've never done anything you know huge and big and made a big deal it's just you serve mm-hmm. you know we had parents that when you needed someone to, my mom needed someone to be you know, the den leader for cub scouts to be the den leader for cub scouts or you know my dad need to help if he was asked to help out with the high school band and the boosters he would do that and it was the same for my wife's family and I have a sister who's a school teacher, and I'm involved in local government, and I think it's just really all about service. It's the people who go out and teach Sunday school and coach soccer mm-hmm. and uh, help you know help the teachers in the classroom. All it, those things make it a community. It builds community, and we all yeah. do what we can do. Yeah. And I think with Henry, it's one of those things that uh, if you had talked to him a few years ago, he would want to be a missionary. You know, it's and interesting I think it's just a different way of him carrying out his mission and his service, just you know, a, diff- a different way. You know, the world seems a lot closer than it probably did when you and I were growing up, that 
it, it doesn't seem so out of reach. It, it was like this really weird, big deal. To them, it's it's not big a deal at all. Yeah, and I think that, that the world is a lot closer, but I think that the people who should be closer to us are a lot further. And so the ability that we have, for example, my wife and I, when we were dating in college, we were on different campuses in different states. There was a cell, there was a, a hard phone. phone. I had a hard line phone. Yep. She had a pay phone in the hall of the dorm that she shared with however many other girls. We scheduled yeah. phone calls. Yeah. We watched the clock when we were on the phone just to make sure we could afford it. But we wrote letters. And there was that delay. Ooh, I hope you kept all those. Um, I, I kept this could hers. Be goodies. I kept hers. I don't know she if she used needs yours to, keep. to level some tables. Um, could possibly <laughs> level something. And uh, but but you sit there now, and when we're looking at kids who are going through this, they have instant messaging and they have unlimited talk. And so, if you have someone on the other side of the world, how far away are they? I mean, right. you're able to maintain those relationships. You're able to maintain your relationships with people that you went to high school with 30 years ago if you went to school on the other side of the world or the other country. Right, exactly. You mean unlike being in the same restaurant at the same table when they don't even look at each other. Right. But here's where I <laughs> That's think... That's what you mean about how in Closer Together we're not really that close. Well, here's where this cost us. I think because you can maintain those distant relationships more easier, mm-hmm. more easily, it can put a damper on developing new relationships where you are. Yeah, that, that could if be. you can spend your evenings chatting online or having a phone conversation with someone who lives in another state. Yeah. That well, takes I can tell away you, the, uh, you know, you're right. There's a lot of good and bad with yeah. everything, and that's pretty much with everything. But as a grandparent, yeah. I can tell you that uh, the Facebook uh, uh, and and uh, um, what is the one that iPhones use? FaceTime and yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Oh, it's great. It's about the greatest thing on the planet because, you know, I could easily be relegated to the, he's the grandparent I sort of know right. <laughs> versus, oh, you know, it's grandpa. Or well, I'm kind of lucky growing up here in Hendersonville and having relationships that you make in school and relationships that you make at church and relationships you make sitting on the sidelines as you're watching your kids play sports or be in the band or do those activities. I just, I, I wish that everyone had that opportunity because when you hear about folks who don't know their next door neighbor <laughs> and you miss out on that opportunity and the chance meetings at the, at the mailbox or when you're walking down the aisle at the grocery store, it, that that's another thing that helps build community is those yeah, type of, and those type you know, of it's relationships. So, it's so easy to not turn off work where it's just on yeah. all the time. You get distracted way more easily. You can't focus a hundred percent on who you're having this conversation with. You were or, talking about FaceTime <laughs> out of just a weird quirk Sunday, last Sunday evening. Um, one of the sons FaceTimed my wife and I was there in the room and the son was there with his girlfriend. And I think the other son was already FaceTime and his girlfriend was there. She was visiting for spring break. Okay. And then we just thought, well, for the heck of it, we FaceTime <laughs> my mother so we had she like one like screen on the phone and we had, 
my wife and I, wow. my parents, both boys, a both mini girls. Reunion. It was kind of hard to have a conversation. There was a lot of giggling and, and, and talking over each other, but it was just kind of fun to think hmm. about a digital family reunion. A digital family reunion. <laughs> Checking up on the kids. Okay, so you go to Hendersonville High School. Your wife goes there. I okay, went to Hendersonville High School. What did you do after that? So you bail out of here. Yeah, I graduated Hendersonville in 88. Mm-hmm. Went to go to Austin P. up okay. in Clarksville. Right. And uh, I really, I started out as a theater major. Was this all a plot because she went there too? I no, mean, she didn't. She was in a she different didn't. state. Oh, okay, okay. And actually, we, sure. we weren't dating then. Okay, she's uh, oh, okay, she graduated thought... a year ahead of me. She was she Laura is a, okay. is a year older, and so mm-hmm. she graduated a year ahead. And we were friends a long time before we started dating. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just a real good thing to have in a relationship. And and we dated on and off, um, but not when I went off to college. Okay. And uh, and so, but we were friends. We met in the high school band. She was my section leader. Okay. And uh, I was probably her biggest um, discipline <laughs> issue. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, if you can imagine, if you think your section leader is cute and you can get attention by uh, bugging her a little bit, you bug her a little bit. Yeah, but I go off to Austin P. the wrong way. I go off to Austin <laughs> P. And I was interested in, in, in video and production and things like that. Thought, well, it to be a theater major, creative writing minor. And but a little bit of a techie guy, a little bit. Geek, always little geeky, liked the, uh, Oh, not video. a little geeky. Oh, you were like no, super no. geek. Yeah, if this was a call-in show right now, the phones would be lit up with everyone who has ever known me <laughs> my entire life knowing not a little big geek. Well, big I mean, geek. I was just checking. Sometimes you know, nerd. We use very simple terms on this show. Sometimes nerd. Sometimes geek. There okay. is a difference. There but is. I, but I have a foot in each in each Nerds world. Nerds are smart. Geeks. Eh. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we went through that, and, and I and I ended up taking a class. I didn't know you were supposed to um, like schedule classes and take them in order and stuff like that. They gave me a catalog of courses, and I went and picked out courses like I would, you know, toys on Christmas. And and there was a foreign policy class, and I said that sounds interesting. So and I nothing took it, you did made any sense. At and all. it ended up being an upper level class. I loved it. I went to the professor who taught it and said, I think I want to be a major. He th- a major in this. He thought I was... You're supposed to be, he thought, not, he, he supposed goes, to be in here, He's man. like, you're a freshman? And, and I ended up becoming a political science major. Um, loved. Um, I was the political science major who knew he wasn't going to law school because I'm a policy wonk. I love history. Mm-hmm. I love structure, how things work. And so... The history of government, the structure of government, public administration courses. I loved those courses because it's really about service and making things work. Hmm. We're gonna. I'm I'm gonna cut you off here for this first segment. We're just about up uh, against our first one. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit more with Scott Sprouse. He is the uh, Hendersonville Ward Two Alderman, and uh, we're getting some insight on how he ended up here. And. find out a little bit more about your family and your history and then let's talk hendersonville and everything going on here because it's not like there's anything happening and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more with scott right after these messages sumner county spotlight brought to you exclusively by fnm bank will return after these messages fnm bank serving middle tennessee since 1906 visit them at myfmbank.com we are back for Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com, talking with Scott Sprouse, the alderman for Hendersonville Ward 2. And Scott, we were talking a little bit about uh, your geekdom. 
or your nerddom and the difference. Or life. It's the same and, thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so, but you were always sort of in, because, you know, not all poli want to become attorneys. And not all poli uh majors want to be uh, in politics. Really, they might just want to know how it works, or and some of them are in there just for the conflict. I I took a lot of poli sci myself, yeah. and some people just love to come in there and battle. <laughs> you know? I, I don't I, know what it was. Yeah, I'm kind of a little bit of both. I mean, I'm the wonk, and that I really love policy when it's time to sit down and, and, and to get in governance. I love campaigns, um, in, in part because of the competition, because it is the ultimate um, ultimate debate. When you think about it, though, are there people in poli-sci that went through the route that you went that are really into the policy part of it, or are they more in it for... I don't I don't know that I've met anyone that did a lot of it that was really into the structure and the policy and how things are laid out the way they are and why are they that way. Yeah, I think there's some folks there. I mean, just yeah. like people want to go into... You know, there are some folks who want to go into business and finance because they want to amass a fortune or build a big company. And then there's some people who want to become accountants and, and, and want to help <clears> because <throat> they like the numbers. They like the structure. There are people who go into the who go into mechanics not because they want to be a race car driver, but because they like making cars run well. They just right. enjoy that. Right. And... But you're not really pigeonholed because you like that. Like you said, you like campaigning. Tell me tell me about all that. It's interesting. I've worked on national campaigns and state campaigns, a lot of local campaigns. Um, and, and a lot of it is just in, in large part because I know that I've relied so much on other folks mm-hmm. um, to when I'm in office, not just to campaign, but to serve once I'm in there. And I want to extend the same things to folks that I that, that I want to help. Um, some people write checks. Some people write letters. Some people knock doors. And if I know there are good people out there who want to serve and, 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 and can get involved, I want them to be involved. And So, so that's is your really, radar always on or your antenna's always up a little it, bit? It's kind Just, of. It's kind or of. do you kind of know it when you run into someone that's like, this person you kind of keep would a really list. be good at this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's... It's that sort of thing, and you you just know that that's a good good person because, and when I mean a good person, I just mean it's somebody that you know is really interested in the community, really has a skill set. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's filling a need. I've served with people who've come from a finance background, people who've come from a real estate background, folks who have been attorneys, um, folks who've owned their own local business. And what I like is, is that the diversity of opinion and experiences that we have. So you don't have something like you have in national legislators, legislatures and state level government where it seems like everyone's an insurance agent or an attorney and they do that sort of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with those businesses. No, but those, those, give those people more time and maybe resources exactly. to actually be in there when because I we make that argument all the time is this really representative government when most you know 85% of Congress are attorneys right well, but if you look you at know, Hendersonville of us aren't attorneys <laughs> if you look at Hendersonville and you look at Sumner County we're, we're represented by police officers and school teachers and stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads is and it folks an who are tired that these kinds of things run better I'm not sure again nothing against attorneys but you know, um, if you're a plumber, you don't might not have the resources or the time to do what you'd like to do, you and don't. you did want to serve. And you know, maybe I, I think this is cool that you're mentioning this because maybe there are people out there that have thought about it, but they never dipped their toe in. Well, why don't you? you hey, know, try. You can go in in any 
point in helping some way or another. Can't we you? have to deal with building codes on a regular basis. If someone who was sitting at the table was a plumber and could actually tell me what we're mm-hmm. working on, how it fits out into the field, mm-hmm. they bring as much value to the table as anyone could. I don't know if it always makes us better, but I know it makes us more representative. Yeah. And as long as we're more representative, we have the best shot at being better. Yeah, because you're the closest to the trenches. And yeah. like you said, whatever field it is. Okay, so you graduate from Austin P. I did. You did graduate. So nice, I did graduate. Nice, done. I graduated work. in the course of one month. I graduated, moved back to Hendersonville and married and married Laura. Wow, you were busy. Yes. So do you always know that you were going to come back home? Was no. Was that never even a question? Or did no. you think when you went in, hey, I might... You know. I, when I went in, I thought, here's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to get involved with this. I'm going to end up going to D.C. I'm going to end up going to some other country. I'm going to do something. And uh, even in being involved with some national campaigns and you have friends and people you're working with who are polishing up their resumes and they're doing those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it's going to be that, you know, I can wax on and say well you know part of me said well what do i know if i leave my hometown as a 22 year old what do i know other than what only a 22 year old can know right and wanting to come back and i went and worked for a local business i had some friends who were starting up a company and they offered me a job but also um laura yeah who that relationship and that is the most important thing um she was still in graduate school she was at vanderbilt and so decided to do that as well. And we just thought, well, we, we tried. We even tried to move to Nashville, look at places that were around Vanderbilt that would be a little easier for her. Mm-hmm. And we just kept coming back to Hendersonville. Isn't that interesting? And, and it, she, her family been here a long time as well. Her family's yeah. been here a long time as well. And yeah. so, I mean, we... we they so you lit- got the stamp of approval from them and everything. Yeah. So everything was great. So we got married and we moved into the... Uh, uh, Windsor Park Apartments, I think they're called the Hamilton now. They're over on the ones on the corner of Benita and mm-hmm. uh, Gallatin Road. Mm-hmm. And we moved there and lived there for a couple of, uh, about a year and a half. And uh, then bought our first house. We wouldn't have been able to buy our first house when we first got married. But the advice I give newlyweds now is in the first year of marriage, don't buy real estate and don't buy a dog. Um, because you got enough time to figure each other out before you start complicating <laughs> it with those other things. But uh, that's what we did. Where were you when I needed that chat? Anyway. <laughs> I learned it the hard way. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so get your own place, and then your career goes Yeah, I where? was working for a local business here in Hendersonville. Some, mm-hmm. for some guys I knew were starting up an IT company. Pretty uh, pretty high tech back then. Pretty edge out on the edge. Well, we thought we were high tech. It was you know it was it was it was 1994. Working on a lot of DOS and programs. And we thought it was ex- <laughs> we thought it was amazing trying to convince people why they would need to upgrade their 9.6k line <laughs> to a 19.2 line. And the only people who were buying T1s and and before I get too geeky, that's 1.5 meg. <laughs> That's less than what my phone can do. But the only people who were buying T1s were really like first companies first were banks yeah. and Oak Ridge National Labs. Yeah. That was it. And so, but we thought yeah. we were high tech, but back then we were looking back, we were basically working with paper clips <clears throat> and yeah, kind uh, of. got involved with them. And convincing other people that paper clips are cool. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm doing this and working with this company and getting involved with, uh, with telecommunications and getting involved with telecommunications policy. And But you're also creating relationships. And, oh, yeah. and that, you know, whether the thing worked or not, or you were way before your time, didn't really matter. 
what came out of that was, you know, all these experiences, learning all those different types yeah. of businesses. And and so I read in the paper one day that the city was having some problems with cable television provider. And the city grants franchises to cable television companies to, 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 to come in. And, and there were some problems with levels of service. There were some problems with billing. And I was in my late 20s. And I called up the mayor, Hank, Tom, Hank Thompson. If you go, we're here, the radio station's here at uh, the streets of Indian Lake. And if you go caddy corner from where we are on the plaza, you'll see a, a plaque of Hank Thompson because he did as mm -hmm. much as anybody to make sure that this area is here and it developed the way that it did. Mm -hmm. But I called Hank and said, Hank, you know, I know, you, well, you don't know you're a snot-nosed kid when you're a snot-nosed kid. You think you're a grown-up, but I wasn't a grown-up, mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, I called him and said, hey, I know a little bit about this stuff. Let me give you some advice. And that's when I find out that if you call elected officials, particularly local elected officials, and offer them some advice, what they basically say is, we're going to form a committee and you're on it. Yeah. And so yeah, my there you go volunteering. Yeah. Again. And so that was actually my second foray into, into local government. I was um, on a committee earlier when I was still in college, but this was the one that was really serious. And so we spent spent some time working through the issues with the cable provider, negotiating the new contract, working on service levels. Did they levels. take you seriously even though yep. you were that Oh, they had to. Because they knew pretty quick you knew what you were talking about. Knew what we were talking about, but more importantly, we had the ear of the people, the mayor and the people who are on the board who were going to be voting on the contract. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to work through some of those issues and, and upgrades. We were doing fiber upgrades at the time. That was one of the things. It wasn't yeah. just a regulatory issue or contractual issue. There were some technical things in there as well. Right. And so, did so you that. probably know the layout of all this cable in this town more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's and kind so, of funny. And then, so what ended up happening was, is uh, wasn't too much later than that. There was an election, and some folks came and said, "You know what? Um, by this time, Laura and I had bought our first house over on Lakeside Park Drive and uh, near the elementary school." And some folks, you know, really, it was one of those folks came and said, "What do you think?" I remember getting the call from Hank saying, "What do you think? You want to hmm. run?" And, really, and um, and that was what year? Uh, that I was first elected in two thousand. Okay, cool. And, Hang on, just yeah. a sec. We're again, we're up against our second break. We're talking with Scott Sprouse, the Hendersonville Alderman for Ward Two, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more here on Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. We appreciate you being with us, and we'll be back right after these messages. Sumner County Spotlights brought to you each Sunday morning exclusively by FNM Bank, two twenty one Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, all in one place. Member FDIC. Back here on Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning with our guest, Scott Sprouse, the alderman for Ward 2 in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Glad you're with us this morning, Scott. I'm so glad. Let me just let you know how much I appreciate this station and its, it's investment it's made in the community, not just a financial investment, but really just a cultural investment to say that they're going to be an important part of Hendersonville and help us uh, be accountable to the people we serve, but also serve the business community and, and to become the first first source of information for people right. in the community exactly. that's going to be specifically to us, that we're not going to have to wait 
30 minutes to hear nope. 40 seconds about something that affects us. No, as soon us. as they said school wasn't going to be in tomorrow, within 30 seconds, it was on the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I hey. really appreciate what you do. I think that's one of the most important things of radio, particularly local radio, and y'all are doing it very well. Well, I appreciate that, Scott, very much. Um, so you've been at this a little while, this this whole politics thing. I had no idea it was that. Of course, it probably seems like the blink of an eye to you, but back in the 2000 range when you began. It does. That, uh, that kid who's a freshman in college right now was six days old when I was first elected and i look back at that and think how did they know you must have had something other than just being sort of a policy geek or something i mean and helping out with cable maybe they knew you were genuine about wanting to help i hope so so. you ever watch the show night court remember that old show night court i loved it and they had the young judge on there and they asked him one day how he ended up being the judge and he told the story about how there was a mayor on his last day of office and it had a whole list of appointments he was trying to fill. And there was a long <laughs> list of attorneys and they started calling the long list and it was a Sunday afternoon and nobody was home. And they said, so are you telling me that you got the, uh, you got to become a judge? He goes, yes, because I was home and I answered the call. <laughs> and so many times in service, it's just when people ask, you say, okay. Okay. So it was a little bit of blind faith, but you'd never done that. I mean, you studied it and you knew about a little bit about elections and everything. Now here you are. Well, I kind of so feel do you like. Do? What do you just get in there and I guess I got to make signs. I guess I have to call people and knock on doors. And you, you make signs, you call people, you knock on doors. I did not keep count of how many doors I knocked on that first race. Did anybody know who you are? I mean, you've only been on the planet 22 plus years, so, and you've probably got some relationships with some folks. Well, but, you know, I'm Bill and Sandra Sprouse's son, that, yeah. and I was John and Fine, Linda, I'll take it, right? John and Linda Stratton's son-in-law, and, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you or, or, or depending, or I went to school with your, you know, oh, you went to school with my son, or you were in band together, or you married Laura, or we go to church together. You know what? In our business, that's called a warm call. It's not a cold call. And you got that. And I remember once someone walking up to the door and going, oh, you're Carter's dad. And Carter was two and a half years old. And, And that's part of what you do. And, um, and so it's part of, it's just being in the community, being a hometown Mm -hmm. boy and, uh, but working on that, but I I kept count of how many doorstep conversations I had. I didn't keep count of how many doors I knocked on. Was this the the office that you went for in 2000? So, I not I talk I talked to um, I had thirteen hundred doorstep conversations in that race. So just imagine how many you doors are a geek. you counted yeah. them. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he tracks, counted every day. He everything, ladies and gentlemen. But think about how many houses you have to knock on the door to get thirteen hundred people at home. That and, is and, a lot of trick or treating. And I'm buddy. thinking, I'm looking back that there were some days I'd walk off and. Laura would be sitting there with a two and a half year old who is all over the place. And she is about ready to give birth to our second one. And I'm thinking, how did she not leave me during this time? And she'll admit now, she said there were just some days she would sit there and just kind of just want to cry. (laughs) But we got through it. And it has really, it has, it's, it's, I will tell you. You They never forget that, by the way. She's still got that hanging back. She's going to use it when she needs it. I will tell you, you do not have to know that my wife is a, you do not have to know my wife to know that she is a kind and patient woman. You just have to know me. Yeah. and uh, But I will tell you, it has blessed our family, um, the service, the, the ability to be able to help people. My high school principals in my ward, mm-hmm. my kindergarten teachers in my crazy? ward. Wow. And uh, being able to serve these people who've poured it into me. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, to know that there are people I've never met that I'm able to help. And well, that, let alone the community itself. I yeah. mean, I mean, seriously, specific things. 
like a cable system, for example. Yeah. You had something to do with that. Yeah. How it's laid out, how it's structured, what they're using, the kind of equipment. You know, it's kind of a got to feel pretty good driving along. Oh, there's that one they strung up over there and this and that. And whether it's a bridge or it's a a sidewalk or a curb, whatever, you know, it is, there's something to be said for having well, something Well, I'm somebody who just likes that. to fix things. I like to figure out, going back to the geekdom, I like to know mm-hmm. how things work. And I like to know how to improve things. It's a whole lot easier to spend money on those things um, and spend other people's money yeah. when you do know how something works. Because there's plenty of people that don't care how it works. They just want it fixed. Yeah. And but so when boy, you do they spend a lot more if they don't do a little deeper dive. Like yeah. it sounds like your kind of natural abilities let you do that. Well, and some of the things I really like is was when someone calls and you look at something, and you say, oh, we can make this adjustment or this change. And sometimes it's a small tweak. Sometimes it's a big investment. And then other times it's it's just making relationships. Mm-hmm. That when someone says, hey, I need help with something like this, and you think, well, I know someone who does that. Yep. That has nothing to do with my elected office. That's just, I think, part of being a good neighbor. I recognize that I grew up in a good community because people made it a good community. It just mm-hmm. didn't happen. And that if we want to continue it to be a good community, we have to keep working. I wasn't going to take for granted my kids were going to have a good town to grow up in because I had a good town to grow up in. I recognize people worked for that, so I'm going to have to work for that. And then the folks who follow us, we want them to work for that. Can you believe it's almost been 20 years since you've been doing this? Yeah. That's crazy. It is. It probably went by super fast, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those, but, but that's, that's... And you've worked what, with a lot of different aldermen, so these these sort of these makeups of these teams matter as well, don't they? And you've probably had several different teams you've been a part of yeah and that's a lot of our discussions we're having right now is that you know how much of when we have successes and we have failures is because of the system how much of it is because of the players that are involved how do we react to when we have some difficulties and shortcomings we can't legislate ourselves out of every problem Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and work through it and not every problem although i think it gets pigeonholed is money no um, but everybody thinks money is the main thing that's going to either fix everything or the cause of everything. And really, there's a lot of different things at, at A play. lot of times, and even folks on the inside can fall into this, that we don't want to spend any more money in general. We just want to spend more money on the things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. You know, people talk about government and budgeting is like being uh, making sausage. And to me, it's more like ordering a pizza for everybody. And you have to sit there and think, I'm not a real big good fan of green onions on pizza or green peppers on mm-hmm. pizza. I can handle a few of them, but just don't flood it right. with them. So if whatever, I was ordering yeah. a pizza just for myself, I'm not going to have it on there. Right. But if I'm in a group of people and that's what they're going to order, I'm going to order it. Yeah. Because I recognize I'm not going to get everything exactly that I want. But I'm going to be mindful if someone has an allergy. What right. if someone couldn't have green onions? Or what if they have a dietary restriction because of faith? There's a value there, and you have to start measuring those things out. And when we're looking at budgets, I've never voted on a budget that I agree with with 100%. But the only way I could have a budget I agreed with 100% is if I was the only one making the decision. Mm -hmm. And if only one person's making the decision, it's inherently going to be flawed. How long did it take you to figure a lot of that out? I mean, you're pretty young. It'd take you a couple of years to really kind of understand the, the way. It's one thing to be a politician. It's another one to be an effective one. You know, because you could have a name, and some people, hey, I get it. People like titles. They want it on their resume. Who knows what the the reasons are or why people do it. But if they're genuinely, you know, sort of 
uh, geared towards service, they do want to move forward. They do want to have some action and not just come in, vote, see you later, see you next week. Remember yeah. when I said we don't think we're a snot-nosed kid when we're still a snot-nosed kid? Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of that. I'd like to say that I hit the ground running and I knew what was going on. And part of that was because not just because of what I did in school and, and some prior involvement, but I really read about this stuff and I read about the history a lot and I read about the philosophy and, and one of my favorite classes in school was normative theory and public administration and basically reading classical philosophy and applying it to how governments work and how, how, how you administer policy. And, and so I do get a little geeky on that. Right. And so I feel like I have a real good background in thinking about how these things work and how to read policy and, and all this. But really, I, it, when, I, when I get into the situation, it's like, um, well, I'll tell you this, absolute, you never forget this. I was four years after I was elected, I'm out knocking doors and a guy told me, he said, Scott, you just don't seem like you have as much fire, as much passion, as much go-ho. You may have changed a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, I started thinking about that and I asked, I said, do you have kids? He said, yeah. I said, before you had kids, were did you ever have theories about child rearing and when I get kids, my kids aren't going to do this. Or when I'm a dad, I'm not going to be like this. And he goes, yeah. I said, how'd that work out for you? (laughs) And he started chuckling. And I said, that's exactly how it is in government that you think sometimes you just flip a switch and it happens. And it's like, it's, it's like parenting. It's like being married. And so maybe when I first came into office, I was the person who had the degree in child psychology maybe was considered an expert in some level if I had a piece of paper that said I should know about childhood development and all of these things. But I hadn't actually spent any time around real life children. Right. And so there's book smart and street smart. Yeah. Yeah. And this is some real life stuff you're now into. Yeah. And there's times you have to learn. Well, I'm going to go back to my wife again. This is something she told me when we were dating. And it's a very important lesson. She says, a lot of times it's not a choice between right and wrong, good and bad. Sometimes it's a choice between good and better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't get tied up in trying to make sure everything is perfect. Don't always worry about absolutes because there may not be absolutes. And something that's, and especially when you're working with other people. And so... Or if you have OCD like me. Yeah. And so I'm still working on, as an elected official, every time we touch something to make it better, but I have to recognize as a success if we make it better, even if we don't make it perfect. Right. Well, being a little bit of a history geek myself, and you are as well, um, so you've read a lot about government, how it's structured and everything. So tell me about this area, Hendersonville, Mm -hmm. Gallatin, Sumner County, how it was structured. Did the people back then have a clue, or did it get thrown together, or is it a mess? Or I mean, no, seriously, I mean, it's just an opinion. You yeah, could be, you could be yeah. completely wrong. Well, or it's um, is this a train wreck, and we're just kind of still trying to adjust things? I, you know, I've always just wondered that because municipalities all over the place are just so different, and they were formed for different reasons. I grew up on a place where there were three rivers. The confluence of the three rivers was there. It was used for shipping from uh, Native Americans all the mm-hmm. way through early settlers, and that's how it was big fur trading. That okay. was the deal. Before we get into that, I'm going to tell you, you know, one thing that popped in my head when so, you said you're a history buff. Uh-huh. Um, today is the 60th anniversary of students from Fisk University, from Tennessee A&M, which is now TSU, mm-hmm. um, from the American Baptist Seminary, some folks from Vanderbilt thrown in, 
starting the sit-in and lunch counters in downtown Nashville. Today? Today is the 60th anniversary of and that. And I know where that it was. Uh, well, one of the big ones was and Woolworth, that included, Woolworth downtown that at included the time, right? giants, including uh, now uh, Representative John Lewis, who represents yeah. Atlanta in Congress. And yep. he's having he's, he's had cancer diagnosis, and mm-hmm. I think we have, should have prayers going out for him. But mm-hmm. just absolute giants. And when you think about it, when people talk about cities and areas of the civil rights movement, you think about Selma and you think about Montgomery and, and you think about Memphis and you think about Birmingham and these images of fire hoses and dogs mm-hmm. and militia and guns, but we don't think about Nashville. And one of the reasons that Nashville isn't on the national conscience is because these students came in, led peaceful protest mm-hmm. that caused arrest. There were some fire, there was a few fire bombings. It wasn't perfect. But the way that the community reacted to it, to a mayor coming out and saying to a college student, when, when, when Diane Nash asked Mayor Briley, do you think that segregation is right? And he said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. On the courthouse steps, yep. it just kind of crumbled. Mm-hmm. And there's still lots of work that has to be done. But it just shows right there how this community, how this area can work and address problems based upon a large part because of a shared faith. Mm-hmm. And and because this area was and still is a center of learning and a center of faith, I think it really helps us out. So I didn't want that to pass. No, without yeah, that's the... really cool. Uh, you know, it's interesting being a Yankee, mm-hmm. not from here originally, and Nashville is famous mostly for being the turning point in the Civil War. That's that's how we, mm-hmm. you know, obviously country music, duh. But you know, that was the battle that that turned the tide. If we would not have won that, I don't know that anything would have happened in the, as, as far as uh, Northerners were concerned. But you're right, and, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at, because yeah. Gallatin's different than Hendersonville. Hendersonville is different than, you know, Spring Hill and, mm-hmm. and wherever you're from. But these, these settlers had to figure this out and form it the best way they felt was representative. And we continue so, to reform. So, Right, exactly. So I was just kind of curious as just your take on, you know, was yeah. it was it a hodgepodge and not really organized because you're sort of a organized kind of guy uh, versus what we have now and is it is it getting better? Everything right. changes over time because you have to adapt. But how is this layout working? Well, the city of Hendersonville has just just a few months ago celebrated its 50th anniversary right which is so weird to me as an incorporated it's got to be the youngest incorporated city on the planet but <laughs> it's pretty and so we're looking at gallatin that's that's 200 years old yeah as an incorporated community and hendersonville in large part even though we've had people here for as long as people have lived in gallatin it was it was a crossroads it wasn't formed no, yeah. it was. You know what? Was, we we got to stop, and yeah. I hate to do this because I really want to hear this. It's very interesting. About it. And anybody who just is from around here that wants to learn a little bit about this, I urge you to stay through this commercial break because this is kind of interesting. We're here on Sumner County Spotlight this morning. We're talking with Alderman uh, Hendersonville Alderman, Alderman Scott Sprouse from Ward Two, and we're going to come back and with more of the program right after these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. We'll return in a moment. We are back with Sumner County Spotlight this morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, with our special guest, Scott Sprouse, the Alderman of Hendersonville, uh, Ward 2. And Scott, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about just the formation of the area and how the government was formed and yeah. all of that stuff. And, you know, when you went in, uh, Hendersonville, I guess, was only about 30. 
Yeah. Another 50, yeah. still very, very young yeah. as far as being an incorporated city. I came in as the, um, I came in at 30 and uh, was the first city official to be younger than the city itself. And we just, like I said, they just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the city a few months ago, and I, and I turned 50 in a few weeks. Um, but one of the fortunate things I have is is being able to sit and, and learn I mean, I, I watched local government all growing up. First time I ever knocked on doors was in 1986 for, to help a gentleman run for alderman. And then many years later, I became his alderman. And then a few years later, running for my, helping my uh, high school principal the summer after I graduated, knocking on doors for him, running for superintendent. So I would always follow and remember things because, you know, a lot of this is just history in the making. You know, history is not Civil War battles and famous right. generals and yeah. presidents. Everything is history. Everything is historic. It has part of the story. But have the opportunity to sit down with folks like Dink Newman, our first mayor. Uh, guy who was in the first graduating class of Hendersonville High School. I mean, hmm. a group of people who were brought in. Imagine this. You're in high school and you're brought in to the gym. And the principal turns on the radio so you can hear FDR give the speech to Congress on December 8th, 1941. Crazy. And, and classmates who go off to war don't finish their senior year because they go off to war, but sit and talk with Dink. And one of the good things about Dink was uh, Dink was always ready to tell us when we did things right and when we did things wrong. Mm -hmm. But he was also a guy who told me about times when he did things wrong and to help us learn from his mistakes. And I think it's very interesting. When Hendersonville was incorporated, or they tried to incorporate Hendersonville through a... a um, a referendum it failed so the folks who did it said well we kind of know which neighborhoods are for it and which neighborhoods are against it mm -hmm. they went and counted houses and counted votes and drew a much smaller city had another referendum and it passed so was it always the plan to be one or they just didn't want to be this road on the way to Gallatin it, it's it's in the abyss and it didn't have an identity well what was happening was so much of the development of the community what drove that what really? drove that was the growth of the community okay to the point that you had to start looking at services and some of the things that were driving the growth of the community were uh, migration to the south so Nashville was growing as the region and so the suburbs the of Nashville were going to be growing everything under the planet impounding old Hickory Lake when the dam was built all of a sudden starts making it very viable and, and attractive as a suburb there's even a portion, I mean, let's be honest, there's even a portion that, that desegregation Im imposed upon. I mean, if you look at a lot of the uh, the private schools and the academies in Davidson County, you find that they were being formed, they were being founded in the late 60s, early 70s. And so there were probably a lot of families who moved to Hendersonville for school reasons. Hmm. And I mean, it's, it's just, That's we, so we have to recognize yeah. the times and yeah. what's going yeah. on. And so when you're having this influx of people, you're going to see that county services, basic county services, aren't going to aren't going to provide it. Mm -hmm. And so they formed the government. They had a referendum. It failed. They did a smaller city, had another referendum. It passed. And then one of the first things they did is they went back and annexed all those other people who had previously voted against it. Really? And so how many people bailed after that? I, I don't think a, a lot, lot of people bailed. Or no, or did I don't, they I don't think a lot of say oh, okay. I don't think a lot of people bailed, but in a way, it really put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Well, I was wondering, didn't they get maybe another chance to to come in <laughs> peacefully? I don't know how to word no, it. No, it was kind of a shotgun like, wedding. And, yeah. you, and you would still have folks 
who were really in the middle of that. You know, so are you telling me this is kind of a little bit like the Hatfields and McCoys? I mean, is some of this stuff still going on? Are people still some some people still resentful? Do you think? I think so. I think that I think that even folks that they, they created a kind of uh, tension in the community that mm-hmm. people have kind of inherited, and and then when you start doing things, you got to think when you're going from what was previously not a city area to an unincorporated area, and you start imposing city, you don't become a largely developed area overnight. You have a lot of cases, the rules before you still have people living on farmland. So one of the first controversial issues was a leash law. You know, how Mm -hmm. can the government tell me that I can, you know, I have to put a leash on my dog. And so a lot of that's the growing pains that we're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, We had issue in uh, 86. We changed our form of government. Um, to get a more representative form to go to Alder. So from what to what? We had at the time a city manager, city um, commission form of government. So very few representatives. Very few representatives. Sort of a top-down kind of a deal. Very few representatives, and everyone was elected at large, which really meant that you could have clustering where everyone on the city commission from the same area. Same neighbor, neighborhood. Yeah. And so we split from that so we could have ward representation. And that has really benefited the city as we have grown. And how far into the city was before that actually happened? Now, under 10, 15 years or something? Well, or we were what? incorporated in 69. And <laughs> so bizarre. And me. in 86, we changed to this cor- this form of government. We need to I mean, like, we were even sued. Like the city. The baby new year of cities. We need to like use that to our advantage. The youngest city in Tennessee or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're kind be of a marketing angle. We're, we're, there is a little bit of level of dysfunction because the utility district sued to stop I, the city from being incorporated. I understood that. Yeah. So that's a different animal. And they're, Hendersonville they're not... and Gallatin fought over a strip of land. So the state changed the entire ways that cities set their, their growth boundaries because of that. And so it's seems like that you know it's interesting it is interesting. what's mine is mine what's yours is yours yeah. and nobody you're fine just don't come into my yard yeah we're just you know. we're in court a lot yeah. you know and, and, and actually right now it's a pretty good stretch it's a good stretch <laughs> that we haven't been in court maybe we've grown up well when business is good everybody seems to benefit yeah you know, it's like you said you, you know it's a lot different than even a few years ago when if your son would have graduated then it would have been a heck of a time trying to find something and if he's in a digital this kid's gonna, you know, have multiple offers. I'm sure of it. He There's gets, just so many opportunities out there. I've already reached the state where I've had to ask them for help with electronics. I never thought that would happen. Wow, you were the king of geekdom but too. It, what but happened? it's very much a cats in the cradle type situation. But <laughs> yeah. one of the things we're in Hendersonville right now is I think we've gone through our adolescence. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about when I was first elected and re- talking about people when I was running, I worked for a local company. I wanted more people to be able to do that. Right. And uh, we were a bedroom community. And we really still were kind of that stop point away. So much of our talent and our resources and our tax dollars crossed over right. into Davidson we're, we're County. definitely kind of our own thing now. Yeah. You know, there is no need to go... On that commute if you don't want to. Well, because also it's not sustainable because the most expensive place you can live is a bedroom community because pretty much all of your revenue comes from residential property taxes. Let me tell you a little secret that I have not broadcast to everyone, but the last two people we've hired here at this radio station, specifically because they didn't want to commute to Nashville anymore. It's easily worth $10,000 a year not to have to drive to make that drive. Well, let's just not even count up the hours of your life. And then take your hourly rate, calculate it by how long you've been sitting behind that wheel, and think about what you could be doing with that time, because you can't get that back. And, you know, it's a 
it's a reality that people, whether you're here or you're living in Williamson or uh, God forbid near Antioch trying to get into town, it, it, that's even worse for the 24 commute. So, well, you know, everything is a trade-off. You know, the big numbers, you know, mm-hmm. dollar-wise may not be here, but you might not need them. Well, there's a couple things that are real absolute examples I can tell you about as we've gone through the years. We were trying to recruit a business to relocate from Nashville to Hendersonville Mm -hmm. and uh, um, just happened to be uh, teaching Sunday school, preschool of the daughter of one of the principals in that business. And it was kind of quiet what was going on. And he Mm -hmm. came in one day. I said, I'm going to talk about it here, but I'm going to let you know. I know what you're working on. If you want to talk about it, you let me know. Mm -hmm. Well, his wife immediately started talking about it. And started talking about how when they come to Hendersonville, he can spend an, that hour a day in the gym. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a done deal. But the <laughs> missus has already come up with it. Another is um, when I was first running uh, in the in the older core part of town, Chival Drive area, I was talking to a woman, and she said, "Why does it matter for me about ECD, about economic and community development?" And I wanted to talk to her a little bit about, you know about taxes and bringing in commercial and sales taxes. But really, I just just started talking to her about biography. I mean, at the time, I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old and and one on the way, and she saw Mm -hmm. that, the pictures, campaign, family photo. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned something about her son and her grandchild. I said, well, where's your son live? And she says, he lives in Franklin. Well, why does he live in Franklin? Well, that's because where his job is. I said, do you think that if he could get the job in Hendersonville, he'd live in Hendersonville? And she said, yeah. And do you think that if he lived in Hendersonville, you'd see that grandchild more? And I talked about how hardly two days go by that my parent, my mother, or my mother-in-law yep. didn't see my son. And at least we'd see him in church on Sunday. And all of a sudden, she got it. Yeah, trust me, as a grandfather whose grandkids are six and a half hours away on summer in Florida, summer in Indiana, I, I it is tough. And you're tough. And the folks who help on Wednesday night at church and coach softball and And then I think a community becomes more of a no, not that we want to get too philosophical yeah. here, but that you do have a background in that. So um but it it, it helps a community become more of a community, yeah. I think. There's yeah. just more roots, there's more vested interest. I care about now I care about Hendersonville, I care about Gallatin, I care about what's happening in my community and that those are you know if you have a vested interest and you have family and you have roots you are going to care more and you're going to pay attention and that's the biggest change for me culturally in hendersonville the last 20 years is the development of multi-generational families in hendersonville because when i was a kid Either you lived in Hendersonville for four years or you lived here for four generations. And it was most of the people were four years. Because it was a transitional area. You move in here, it was a growing, well, it was a growing area. I mean, you go from 10,000 people to 20,000 people. The, the right. ten, extra 10,000 people are new. And, and then there were people moving in from up well, north in the, the business. What was the population in 2000? I don't even want to ask. And it's so, got to be shockingly different. So, but what we were going through was, I remember when I was in school, it seemed like everyone else's grandparents lived somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you would have families where, but now my kids, their grandparents are, were here, their friends' grandparents were here, and you start seeing this, and that can't help but give better connection and community. Because now when a younger family, a younger couple is thinking about senior issues for seniors, it's not abstract. They're thinking about their parents. They're thinking about their grandparents. When older folks are being talked about education or parks or community safety or sidewalks or whatever, it's not abstract. They're thinking about their own flesh and blood. 
And I think that has helped a lot in the community. You know, it's interesting. There are ups and upsides and downsides of being a bedroom community of Nashville. One of the upsides is I do think it's easier for people to uh, stay and want to stay because they have access to the Nashville, but they don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge upside because I come from a, an area of about two, 300,000, but we were very isolated. We were three to four hours away from any other larger city. So it was, our whole deal was we just can't wait to graduate and get out. You know, well, I think the areas around here, and there are some tremendous downsides of being in the shadows of Nashville, but one of the huge upsides is the propensity to stay, I think, is maybe just a little bit better because they can go do all that stuff if they want, you yeah. know? It's 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 good. We really do have the best of both worlds here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? You got Johnny and June. So, we do. And, and if you're famous for anything, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good uh, role models. <laughs> yeah, Johnny and June and every, all the awesome people that we had at the Hendersonville Jam. I want to, again, that was yeah, just been the yeah. highlight of my year working with uh, working with Donna Sturban and Rachel Collins and Andy Gilly, our parks director. So many good folks. Just trying to explain to folks that we're really going to have a big time at this thing. This is a thing. And I think the best compliment came from someone I ever, I never, I've never, I don't know, but I saw it on social media and they said it was so cool I forgot that I was in Hendersonville. <laughs> and uh, and so you know we're we're talking about doing that again and uh, but it was just such a big time because again it's like the reason why I serve I do what I can it's the same reason people teach Sunday school coach softball the same reason you're in local radio mm-hmm. the folks who are our entertainers the folks who are the folks who do sound and light and stage they were all in this area they came together and contributed like in the best days all of us do we yeah. bring what we can to the table yeah. and to I build. think there's even more and more great things. Things, uh, in the future for this area for oh, that yeah. exact reason because everybody's got certain talents they bring them to the table it's amazing what you can pull off that's exactly right all right we're talking with scott sprouse the uh, alderman for ward two in hendersonville and we're going to come back with the last portion of our program right after these messages on sumner county spotlight here on whin and now back to sumner county spotlights brought to you each sunday morning exclusively by fnm bank 221 indian lake boulevard hendersonville for all your banking needs, all in one place. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning for our final segment with Scott Sprouse, the uh, alderman for Hendersonville Ward 2. And I'm sure we'll have him back because clearly you got a little radio geek in you because you're doing pretty good at this radio thing. Hey, it's technology, it's storytelling, it's connecting to people. I've, I grew up listening to radio shortwave AM late at night trying to pill in stations from Cincinnati and, and New Orleans and Chicago. I'm so excited to have local radio here. Oh, well, that's great. We appreciate it. So uh, it's not your full-time gig being an alderman, but and then you're also on some boards and things. Why don't we talk just a little bit about things you do outside? One thing, I'm very proud. I've I've served on some boards over time, including the Senior Citizen Center. Uh, um, But I'm one of the founding founding board members of the Sumner Teen Center Mm -hmm. up in Gallatin, which serves teens throughout Sumner County. Uh, helps with so many things and I I really want to thank Randy and and Sherry Campbell for putting that together and having those early conversations with them where they talk about you know they know that there are kids who are involved in school and kids who are involved in sports and involved in church and they don't want to compete with any of those things they just want to make sure no one falls through the cracks and that there's always a place that someone belongs and to see these kids and 
and they're they're learning social skills, job preparation skills, driver education, even well, something that, simple as how to cook a meal. That couldn't have been too easy to pull them into this because it's like, no, no, try that, you know, come on in and, you know, where they'd rather just, oh, it's easier for me to sit home behind my little gaming thing here. And- it, it really is. And it's just like we were talking about earlier with adults. We get so tied into technology and other ways to connect that we forget to connect to people one-to-one right. in real and you conversations. you got to have a little bit of a cool factor at that age where they're not coming. But what happens, though, <laughs> you know? when you meet someone at the grocery store that you hadn't seen in forever and you end up having a 20-minute conversation, mm-hmm. that just proves that once you make those connections, we need those. We crave those. And so I think these kids are building on that as well. I don't think we should legislate device usage, but... But it's a thought. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to get... Everybody from four to six, just don't open them. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to get too preachy on that because I have a feeling like I know a couple of uh, a couple of um, young men with whom I'm related who are going to say, <laughs> but dad, you're the one who always has your phone in hand. So, but uh, you're serving the community. But you I have learned, to be accessible. Yes, but I learned... And so I'm learning that from them. I try to yeah. do better and they help yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, because there's nothing like... Uh, looking over and seeing the top of your children's heads all the time. Yeah. You know, I get that. Trust me. So, uh, so you were on their original board and, uh, but tell me about some of the other things. Why don't we just got a couple minutes left here. Talk about what is on the radar for Hendersonville in particular. Sure, Anything sure. really exciting that you can talk about? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, the nuts and bolts stuff of city it's, it's, there's, there's like any other time of the year, there's different seasons. And so we're going to be getting in the next few weeks, next month or so, really started working on budget deliberations. And it's always one of those that we always, no matter what, it's your family, it's your business, government's no way. You always have more needs Mm -hmm. than you have resources. So it's a a matter of um, doing the best you can with the best you have, making sure you treat everyone fairly. Right. And uh, that you, you address the biggest needs first. And so that's one of the things we're going to be working on. Um, we're in the process. We've named, um, created a position for city administrator, which doesn't replace the mayor, doesn't replace any elected official, but it does bring in more of a business manager type operation uh, to the operation. Someone who um, can work more directly with the professionals in the department and, and mm-hmm. advise us. And then once elected officials make the decision, can make sure that they're carried out the most efficient, most legal um, best way possible. And so right. we have an interim right now, a great guy by the name of Dave Lamar, who was actually retired as our parks director a few years ago. And David worked for the city for decades. And uh, so not just for him being the parks director and his administration skill, you know, but also uh, decades as being a, a, a sports official, being a referee. I think that prepares somebody <laughs> as much for anything, yeah. because if you can stand bring out, your, the, bring your stripes and your whistle, buddy. Exactly. If you can wear stripes, ca- carry a whistle and stand on a basketball court in this community and last more than about six months, then I think you can handle just about anything. That's right. Well, Scott, we really enjoyed talking to you this morning and we hope you come back. It's been uh, a great learning experience and uh, it's it's nice to, you know, I think you're a little bit of a Hendersonville historian, whether you think you are or not, too. So and that's that's nice. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. I always enjoy talking to everybody of almost about anything, but especially about my hometown, especially about the good things that are going on here and all the good people who are doing it. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, we appreciate it. And we hope you have a, a wonderful spring and summer. And we hope that the sun comes out someday. And happy Sunday to everybody. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. And every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on WHIN, we'd like to thank FNM Bank for their sponsorship at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. You can also check them out at myfmbank.com. And we're going to be back next Sunday morning right here at 10 a.m. on WHIN. 
Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.